Our toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson. I am your personal yard boy. Talking about yarding on this Labor Day weekend. Can we believe that's happening? Uh, you know what? I could, Danny, I don't know about you, but I could tell it was a holiday weekend as I'm driving to the studios at 4.30 in the morning and there's more traffic on at 4.30 than during the daytime. Yeah. When I drove here yesterday, I noticed it was kind of a holiday and people were taking a day off. But there was more traffic this morning. Yeah, I agree. They were buzzing this morning. Everybody oh, was yeah. headed somewhere uh, this morning. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. But it is uh, it is Labor Day weekend. I hope you have some plans to get out and uh, and enjoy the weekend and maybe even work it in the yard and garden as we kick off the fall season. Fall is such a great time for planting. September is turf month for the cool season grasses uh, and lawns. I'll tell you what, you know, it's just uh, so much can happen in the uh, September, October, November. Hopefully you're not thrown in the trowel that you are continuing to plant and uh, enjoy the weather at the same time. But fall is a great time um, to do all kinds of things out in that yard and garden. Looking to plant a new screening? Now's the time to do it. New trees and shrubs? Now's the time to do it. Get your plans in place. Need to freshen up that lawn? Now's the time to do it. Need to take care of those weeds? Now's the time to do it. So all kinds of great things out there. And we'll talk more about that as we go through. But taking your calls at 800-823-8255. Mark in Cincinnati, thanks for holding on. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Hey, Ron. Hi, Mark. My uh, my yard looks okay with the rain and stuff this year, but I'm struggling with violets. And I was interested last hour you talked about the putting the weed killer down and the weeds would pull it up into themselves mm -hmm. as they shut down in the fall, just like everything else does. I'm wondering if that holds for violets, because if you miss one of those in the springtime, man, by middle of summer, there's a hundred of them, and you can put anything you want on them short of Roundup, and it just shakes it off. Yeah, you know the problem with the, with the violets, and, and in answer to your question, yeah, that falls into the same category for that mid to late October spring, is one of your best shots for... Um, weed killers that are available to homeowners. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of professionals that won't they won't go after it either unless they they just come in and kill everything out in the area. But things you got going against you with that with the violets first of all is that they are rhizoming, so you get all those rhizomes under the ground that you've got to go after. So not only are you killing the foliage, but you're trying to kill these this multitude of roots underneath the ground. They also drop seed. So not only do they do they regrow from the rhizomes, but they also have the seeds that are in the ground as well, so they can come back up from seed. So you got both those. And you're you're, you're full of good news. Yeah, really. I'm just trying. Yeah, you're <laughs> crazy. And then think about this: those leaves, they're nice and shiny and very attractive, are covered with that waxy coating. And if you watch when you spray on those, that stuff just beads up, and sometimes runs right off the top. So. You know, I look at that and say it's, it's like nutsedge. I mean, you look at nutsedge, another one that's really hard to take care of because of the roots, because of the nuts that are down below, and because of that waxy coating on the top. So you, ha you have a product that makes sure it's listed on the label, and not many will list uh, wild violets on their label. And if they do, it'll sometimes it'll say next to it, foliar burn, burn or slight suppression. And that's about as far as they'll go. But anyway, the, the best shot is mid to late October. Make sure you have a surfactant that you add to that as you're spraying to make it help penetrate that waxy coating on those leaves. It might take you a couple applications in the fall, uh, and I guarantee it'll still pop back up in the springtime. And then the other thing is, too, Mark, if you look at it, where the violets grow, typically the lawn's a little thinner, right? 
Yeah, that's right. Every every thin place. Yeah. So we but, try but to. But you can't. But you can't make it thick till you get rid of the violets. Not necessarily. <laughs> the thing of it is, the violets will be shutting down going into the winter. So from this point forward, they really don't grow too much anymore. So if we actually went in and slice seeded in September, uh, you know, in where those areas are to help to thicken it back up, that actually uh, will work, and the, the new grass will start to come back up through the through the violets. The problem is now is that you've got to mow that new grass at least two or three times before you can use the weed killer. So that puts you into November. So, you know, again, you've got to do two things. One is, yep, try to get rid of the violets, but on the same token, they won't grow, and you can see that in your own lawn, where the lawn is thicker. So somehow we have also, also have to work to thicken that lawn up in those areas. So you got the two things you got to try to do. But, again, you go look at any of the labels out there, and I'm, I'm even thinking of the weed-free zone, I think they list it, but they used to say, I believe it used to say on there, like a foliar burn or a foliar suppression uh, because yeah, it's I so think, tough. I, I think that's what I've been using. It's it's active ingredient for violets is 2,4-D, mm-hmm. and, and, and it does a pretty good job if you get them young in the spring. Yep, or, uh, or doing it in the fall. And again, the combination of the two, you get on it this fall and you do it again in the springtime, you should really start to see it, and it's going to take it's going to take probably a, a a fall, a spring, and a fall to try to get them suppressed. And in that meantime, somehow trying to figure out how to get in there and get that grass thickened back up as well. But do remember, you're you're dealing with seeds too, and that's uh, that that can come up as well. But again, the thicker the lawn uses, the seeds don't come up quite as much. So I got to mow a couple of times before I can use it. But if I hit the weed killer first and then seed. After you put the, if you use Weed Free Zone or uh, Bonides Weed Beater Ultra, it's a two week period before you can seed. Okay. So you got to wait two weeks, and then you can come back and seed. Yes. Okay, got it. Okay. Thank you, sir. Hey, good Appreciate luck. It. Good luck with it. It's a tough one, no doubt about it. Uh, and and again, that's why mid to late October, um, really good time to go after creeping Charlie, wild violets, things like that that are really hard to take care of. Um, you get really good action by doing that mid to late October, 1st of November, if the weather hangs in there for us. Um, really good action in the fall, probably better than you get any other time the rest of the year. Springtime, obviously, when it's good and tender, um, you'll get some good burn at that time as well. But again, you got to stick with it, be patient. And then the bottom line is making the lawn thicker because the, where the lawn is thicker, creeping Charlie, wild violets, and all those other weeds aren't typically crabgrass, aren't typically growing because they cannot compete with the thicker lawn. That's the way it works. To Bethel, Ohio we go. Roy, good morning. Hello, hello. Uh, yes, I have something that I've been wondering about. I'm just thinking about calling you for some time. Okay. I have poison ivy, a poison ivy thing in a bush, and I'm wondering how to get rid of it. And I've been told about Roundup, and I'm not sure, uh, and uh, how to get rid of it, how to... Uh, is there something better, or what should I do? Well, I, I think you have the thing you have to remember, Roy, about uh, spraying with whether it be Roundup or Fertilomes Kills All or the Brush and Weed Killer, Brush and Stump Killer. Um, they all work, and they will work on poison ivy. But if it's growing in a plant that's a desirable plant, it'll also it it'll also burn the plant that you're, that is growing in. So you can't spray the the vine, or you'll take the plant and burn that you know, the nice plant as well. So now, so now what do you do? We, again, you've got to trace that back to where it comes out of the ground. And, where, and you, you can find it, and where it comes out of the ground 
Then you sever that off at the ground level, and where you severed it off, take a paintbrush or whatever, or, or uh, whatever you can have, and dip it in the Roundup or the Kills All or the Weed and Brush Killer, and, and dip it on top of that fresh cut. Okay. And that'll take care of it at the ground level and the root system. And then by cutting it off at the ground, you just severed it from its uh, food source, so it's not going to grow anymore at the top. And then once that turns brown, you can still you can go in there and pull it out. But here's the kicker: cover yourself up still, Roy, because that the the oil that's toxic in poison ivy can last five or six years in a dead vine. So just because the vine loses its leaves and dies doesn't mean it's not toxic anymore. It still is. And then get in there and pull all that out of there. And then, you know, maybe even put a little marker down where you cut it off at the ground and mm. watch and see if it starts to sprout back up. And if it does, that's where you go after it, again, with that kills all Roundup or the brush and stump killer and spray it as it's little starting to pop back up again. Doing it right now, it probably won't regrow yet this fall. Because I think once you cut it off, it's probably done for the season. But I would watch it in the springtime to make sure it doesn't sprout back up again. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, does, does it spread? It looks like it might be spreading. Is that the uh, uh, imagining things? Well, I tell you what, I think I could walk through anybody's landscape and find poison ivy about anywhere. So can it spread? Okay. Absolutely. I mean, they'll come up from seed. You'll get roots that'll come out and pop back up again. So can it spread? Yes. And I think we see... Roy, I think that we see more and more poison ivy every year, uh, whether it be in the woods, in the na you know natural areas, in our landscapes, even as low as growing underneath the turf, um, it'll do that as well. And I just think we see more of it every year. Really, really. Well, okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All right, you. Roy. Good luck with it. And that's a tough one, I tell you. Hey, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Doctor Alan Armitage. Yeah, he's going to be sitting in his garden this morning down in Georgia. I wonder how hot it is down there. Uh, eating an apple fritter probably, drinking some coffee, and going to share a few tips with us as we start to look at the fall season. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, always fun talking with Dr. Armitage. In the meantime, we're talking uh, with you, gardening, uh, at 800-823-8255, here in the garden with Ron Wilson. How is your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1-800-823-TALK. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Gary Sullivan here from my friends at Roto-Rooter Plumbing and Water Cleanup. Do you have a few plumbing issues around the house you've been meaning to fix, like dripping faucets, slow drains, or maybe a garbage disposal that hums more than it works? When it comes to plumbing, those little annoyances can turn into big problems if you let them go too long. Roto-Rooter's licensed and experienced plumbers can fix any size plumbing problem, so give them a call, 1-800-GET-ROTO, or schedule an appointment at rotorooter.com. Well, folks, you may not realize it, but up to 40% of the heated and cooled air in your home leaks out of the ductwork. Hey, Gary Sullivan here with a solution. It's AeroSeal. 95% of the homes have leaky ductwork. And what a waste of energy dollars. AeroSeal is an air duct sealing solution. It'll find the holes in the gaps and seal them safely. AeroSeal will show you the measured results, and I love my results. Visit AeroSeal.com for a qualified pro. That's AeroSeal.com. 
With warmer weather, there's a lot of outdoor projects that need our attention, so be sure that you're ready to tackle them all with the professional-grade lineup of Blaster products by your side. It all starts with PB Blaster, the absolute best product for breaking free those rusted nuts, bolts, and parts. Then there's Blaster Silicone Lube, Garage Door Lube, the incomparable Blaster Multimax Synthetic Lube to use for practically anything and everything that moves, and so much more. So take it from me, when there's work to be done, make sure Blaster products are by your side and work it like a pro. Hi, it's Gary Selman here. Does your home sidewalk get slippery when wet? Your pool deck peeling? Or is your garage floor grungy? Tackle those unsightly surfaces with Dice Coating's Track Safe Anti-Slip Color Coat. Add color and slip resistance over pavers, concrete, pre-painted floors, and more. All you have to do is paint. Dice Coating's pre-mixed formulas are odorless, easy to apply, and fast-drying. Plus, they're designed to resist sun, snow, water, foot, and vehicle traffic. Plan your next project at DiceCoatings.com. That's DiceCoatings.com. Happy Labor Day weekend. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy. We're talking about yardening. And I'm so excited because this is really the kickoff for the fall season. And, of course, fall being such a great time for planting and all kinds of other things as well. The sights, the sounds, the smells. Um, I just love the fall. Uh, and uh, lots to do in the fall as well when it comes to your yard and garden and planting and trees and all of that. And we'll obviously be talking about that as we go through the fall season. But uh, looking very much forward to it. Although... Kind of teasing us a little bit here with the 90-degree temperatures over the next several days. But we'll get out of that. We'll get back into those fall uh, fall cooler weather as we get more into September. Um, but loving it. Knowing I can see now the light is right there. Fall has arrived. Adios to the summer. Back to the gardening phone lines. We shall go to uh, Mansfield, Ohio. Thomas, good morning. Morning. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm having a problem with fire blade. I got a sugar pear tree in it gets fire blight every year. Now, this year is not quite as bad. But the, what is there you can do, if anything, about that? You know, when it, when it comes to the fire blight, two things is you'll notice what, what you just said. Some years it's worse than others. Some years you get it, you know, see it all over. And some years, if the weather's okay in the springtime, not so rainy and so much when it's uh, in flower, et cetera, et cetera, you see it a lot less. In some cases, folks don't do anything. They just let it go, and it'll... You know, it'll kill back some of the ends of the branches here and there, and the tree does well. In some cases, it can really do a number on the tree. So two things you can look at. One is you can prune it out and get rid of the infected branches by going back. And you can see those on the ends, right, where they've died back. Going back about 6 or 8, 10 inches below where that is black and clipping those out of there. Use a pole pruner or whatever and clip those out and destroy those, get rid of those. There are sprays, and I think streptomycin is probably still one of the sprays, that can be used in the springtime during that period of time when they are uh, susceptible to the, uh, to the infection that will help to protect them in the spring. So, yes, uh, you know, you can spray in the spring, Thomas. 
uh, and uh, with fire blight spray, and it does a fairly decent job protecting, but it's mostly weather-related. So, again, some folks don't do anything, and it just kind of falls out naturally, and you see it heavy some years, some years you don't. Some folks will go in and clip it all out, and we'll spray in the springtime to try to keep the tree as protected as possible. Um, you get, you do have all those options, but it is a weather-related problem. Okay, now are there a variety of pear trees that don't that aren't susceptible to that? Yeah, yeah. Some of the pears are less susceptible. I don't have a list in front of me, so I couldn't tell you which ones those are. But you will find some that are less susceptible, absolutely, uh, than the one that you have. Yes. Most definitely. Another pear tree I have that has that is Bartlett pear. Bartlett's really bad yeah, with, with that, getting fire blight. Yep, yeah, that'll get it pretty bad. And you'll notice sometimes, like the ornamental pears that are out there that, that are fruitless, supposedly, don't see it quite as much in those. For some reason, they seem to kind of skip around. Now, you'll see it, but not quite as bad. But it's the fruiting pears that, that you really start to see it come in. But some of the newer selections are being bred for better uh, uh, fire blight resistance. Yes, indeed. And I planted three Bartlett pear trees some years ago there, and they all got fire blight and killed them. They took them out? If they're smaller, absolutely. They took them all out, all, all three of them. They were about all eight feet tall. Yeah. The smaller the plant, obviously the, the, the harder hit it's going to take um, when fire blight hits them. The larger the tree, if you can get, get some size to it, then it becomes, you know, individual tip dieback, that type of thing. And rarely does it, it can, but it doesn't really take them out. It can make them look pretty bad. But, again, it's, it's all weather-related, but, yes, you can spray for it. Uh, there are several fire blight sprays on the market. You probably have to order it. Garden centers typically don't keep that stocked. But I'm, I'm pretty sure streptomycin is still one of the uh, chemicals still used for that. Well, I don't like to mess with sprays, so I don't like to mess with chemicals. Yeah, that's one uh, thing I don't like to do, yeah. chemicals. I don't think that's safe either. Well, and that's, again, that's, that, if that's the case, and that's okay, I totally get where you're coming from, then it's a matter of pruning out what you can, and do that about six inches below on that branch where that's turned black and, and destroy those pieces to get rid of that. Um, and other than that, that's about all you can do. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Thomas. Good talking to you. Appreciate the call. It's a, it's a tough one, no doubt about it. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure streptomycin is still the one that's out there. Um, but not many people spray for it. So you might, it would be something you might have to go on the line and, uh, and, or they can order for you at your local independent garden centers. Talking about yardening, we're going to have to take a break. At the bottom of the hour, we've got Dr. Alan Armitage with us. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what he's seeing for the fall. He's seen a lot of trial gardens this year, some of the new plants he sees coming along, perennials and annuals. It's always fun talking with Dr. Armitage. Don't forget our website. It's ronwilsononline.com. Our plant of the week this week, it's a very aggressive vine, and I stress that in my description, but it's still one of my favorites out there in the right location. Sweet Autumn Clematis, just now flowering in our area. A star-shaped white flower, absolutely gorgeous. Thousands of them on the vine. You could count on this one. I mean, it's a good green through the entire growing season, this clematis, and then it just turns white for about two weeks. And then when those are done, those turn into a um, kind of a silver seed head that looks like a spider kind of, and it's, uh, it's silver, very, very attractive. Uh, but, again, very aggressive, so you have to be careful where you plant it. Uh, and they can be controlled. You can cut those things back to the ground in the springtime, and they'll grow 10 or 15 feet during the growing season. But it has that sweet autumn fragrance of vanilla that is absolutely gorgeous in the garden. Somebody sent me a picture of a, uh, a gazebo that they had planted one on each corner of the pole, of the posts, and had let it cover over, and it sheared it. So it actually covered and greened the gazebo at, with the clematis vine, the sweet autumn clematis. 
And then when that thing was in flower for the couple of weeks, it was absolutely gorgeous. But anyway, check it out. Rita's Spice Cauliflower is a recipe. Buggy Joe Boggs talking about galls. RonWilsonOnline.com. Uh, Alan Arbery is coming up next here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Green thumb or not, Ron can help at 1-800-823-TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Remodeling your basement into a rec room, office, or home gym? Well, don't forget to ventilate those spaces to protect your home from decay. The Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges trapped, dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. I've had an Easy Breathe in my home for about 10 years now, and the air in our finished basement always feels fresh and clean. So take charge of your indoor air like I did and own an Easy Breathe Ventilation System. Get it installed now or do-it-yourself kits also available. Call 866-822-7328. Visit EasyBreathe.com. Dirty siding? Don't scrub it. Wet and forget it. Wet and forget the easy outdoor cleaner. Wet and forget works overtime with Mother Nature to eliminate unsightly black and green stains on the exterior of your home. With no scrubbing, power washing, or bleach. Use wet and forget on all your exterior outdoor services, including decks, siding, roofs, and patios. Wet and forget's available in concentrator, extreme reach hose end. Purchase wet and forget in store or online at Lowe's, Menards, or Walmart. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. And yes, we are all excited this morning, as I had promised. He is with us. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, talking to us from his garden, I believe. But anyway, his website is alanarmonage.net. He, of course, is Dr. Alan Armonage, well-known writer, speaker, horticulturalist, all-around nice guy, dancer, senior tennis pro, taking over the pickleball courts. The man just does anything and everything. He travels the world talking about plants. He wears a really funny hat, and his funny saying is, and it's a great saying, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, it's something about looking forward. I'll let him tell you what that is, looking to the future. You can't grow old unless you're looking to the future. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Dr. Alan Apple Armitage. Sit down. Oh, my goodness. Sit down. Good you're morning, making, giving a big hit. I'm doing great. You can't grow old when you're looking forward to the future. I love that. <laughs> well, isn't that the truth? I tell you right. I, you know, without getting too philosophical too early in the morning, but you're absolutely right. I'm sitting in my garden right now, or sitting on my deck, looking at my garden, and it's September. I, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden it's September, and, and – uh, you know, I'm saying, well, gosh, I guess we should be looking to see what we're going to do in the fall. But it, it's while it feels like fall today, it's not going to be feeling like fall next week. So we got lots of gardening to do. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'm looking, I'm looking at what I'm doing. I'm saying, well, how am I going to fill that little dead spot that shouldn't be there? 
but yeah, it's it's great to look forward to what what we do in the garden. Uh, you know, and, and and a lot of folks, and I get it. I mean, I do because you know you you did everything in the spring and you've worked hard over the summer, and you get to the first of September and the kids are back in school and the, the sports and everything going on and all the events, and you're ready to throw in the trowel and say, "Hey, I'm done for the season." But you know, I look at fall and you've got four for us anyway: September, October, November, and sometimes even December. Four great months to get out there and do all kinds of things in the yard and garden. It's the best time ever. Well, you know, we do get tired. Uh, I mean, if you've gone through, you know, hot Julys and hot Augusts and you're tired, and you know, you say, what am I doing this for? Oh, <laughs> plant that I paid 20 bucks for is now toast. But the fact is, <laughs> most of us garden because we like it. And, you know, it's frustrating. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's called working in the garden for a reason. Um, but, but, uh, I'm looking at my thing. I look at my garden right now and I see, what can I, what can I do here in the fall? You know, I'm looking at, I, I'm, I'm a wee bit disappointed in some things, but I'm ecstatic with others. And isn't that what gardening is all about? It was all easy. <laughs> you know, well, we, it, 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 you know, that's what looking forward to the future is. It, it, let's, let's have some successes. Well, you know, and we certainly do when you look, look to the garden. Yeah. And I look at, you know, I look at the garden, especially this time of the year and I start saying, okay, you know, if I've given that plant, and I, I call him by name, if I've given you two years and you still look like this and you look like crap, you're out of here. <laughs> right? well, you're good. Two years is good. <laughs> you know, two years and you're done. I gave you enough time yeah. to straighten up, and if you didn't do it, you're out of here. And then we're going to find somebody else that's going to fill the spot for you. Well, you know, Ron, you know, it, it's kind of fun to talk about this stuff, and we got to put it in perspective, of course. The fact is that, you know, plants cost money, so we want to spend our money properly. Mm -hmm. But what a value plants are. The, you know, the value versus cost is just so easy to talk about when you're talking about plants. And if you can get two years or three years or more for your $20 or your $25, my goodness, what else can you have such pleasure for so long for such little money? I don't mean it's not money money, but over time... God, give me that instead of a burger doodle any day. Oh, unless it's got ha apples on it. <laughs> well, an apple doodle, I don't know. <laughs> if it's an apple doodle. Talk with Dr. Alan go. Armitage. Of course, his website is alanarmitage.net. Be sure and check it out. We'll talk more about that as we go along here. And, of course, you can find all of his great books on there um, as well. So, you know, you've been to all the trials through the summer. And, of course, as the summer winds down, a lot of trials, how the plants perform. Anything that really stood out to you this year that uh, you can't wait to see in the future? Well, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm falling in love with some things all over again. And, um, yeah, there are some really neat things that, that, you know, if you like the, well, okay, so what are we looking at now? I'm looking at a bunch of perennials that are either coming into flower or going out of flower. I'm also looking at a bunch of annuals that I put in to fill in because annuals are just absolutely spectacular plants. And you talk about value for those things. So, you know, I'm looking at canary wings, begonia. Now, canary wings is not new, but it is so spectacular because of golden foliage, mm -hmm. red flowers, and you can be, heck, you can be a football field away and still see it. And so, you know, I put those in my garden where I'm sitting. I can see them in a shady area. So that's just a no-brainer. You know, and, and um, I'm looking at the hydrangeas, of course. As I have talked to you many, many times, Ron. I don't have much use for the moth head hydrangeas and boy do i love the panicle types and they just keep getting better in my opinion so i'm i have some here that are kind of going out of flower and some that actually are looking fresh as a, i mean i think that that group of plants and i talk about the panicle hydrangeas because 
for most of the audience, they are so much easier than the mop heads. But, you know, each to their own. But that's what I'm looking at here, and I'm ecstatic. You know, and I'm not afraid to tell people when they send me the, the typical email that said, you know, I had this, I bought this, uh, whatever, the macrophyllotype, type, and they say, you know, I, I planted it, and three years ago I had all kinds of flowers, and since then I've never had any. Or I just had one. It's a beautiful plant, but I don't get any flowers. I'm not. I'm not afraid to say, and I've said it on the show. I just don't. I just don't use them anymore. I mean, I just don't yeah. use them. And you look at the panicles, and I love the uh, oak leaves. I love other selections. Yeah. You can count yeah. on them to flower for you every year. And I just and it, yeah. the, you know, it's just. I just don't recommend them anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, and again, I, I, and that, that, that's that's what we're talking about. But I'm sure others would disagree with us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I have my my buddy down here in Athens that, that is a hydrangea breeder. Oh my goodness gracious me, he lives and eats and breathes hydrangeas, uh, the macrophylla types. But even he is saying, boy, after this last late frost, after this last drought, after this last whatever, eh, they're just not as easy as he as, as he well as people like to make them out to be. But, you know, if you have any heat at all, man, the panicle types are so much better. Oh, yeah. And, and again, you can count on them. And, and I've seen a lot of them yeah. that, uh, Bobo, for instance, that has been flowering, mm-hmm. kind of deadhead those off, and some new growth comes up. Next thing you know, you got more flowers again. Yeah. No, no. Uh, anyway, so I guess we're agreeing on one thing. <laughs> but but I, I, have, I have some other cool things, too, to share for what it's worth. Um, you know, I, I fell in love again with summer flocks. And, uh, you know, summer flocks, flocks paniculata, it's been around forever, and there's mm-hmm. a ton of them. And, and, for, and forever, we were really, really, we as, as people talking about flocks, didn't want to say too much because there was a, you know, an awful mildew problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the summer flocks were susceptible to powdery mildew, and we all kind of knew that. But, you know, I think the new breeding is just better. And, you know, if you're a plant breeder, there's no sense of breeding another red flocks breed of flocks that is more resistant to mildew. And, and I'm seeing more of those all the time. So I, I'm, I'm just, my garden here, and I'm in North Georgia, as you know, Ron, and, you know, I get lots of disease pressure here too, as we all do, but they look pretty good. I don't know about you, but we have been fighting powdery mildew here, probably the worst that I think I've ever seen this summer. The conditions have been absolutely oh, really? perfect. And everything, Menarda, I mean, everything has just been covered with powdery mildew, oh, no matter what we did. No problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, again, for me, I don't know. No, but <laughs> we're a little further south than you, and that would think would be even harder. But um, you know, that new one called Jenna. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been trying it or selling it. I haven't seen it from the mildew thing, but it attracts gazillion butterflies and pollinators. That's for darn sure. So there's some wonderful flocks, and uh, and I, you know, I just I just still enjoy them. But you're right. If you get mildew, it's just awful. It, it, you know, and, and again, it, it just makes it look bad. But it, uh, the the plants keep running on flowering. Talking with Dr. Alan Armitage. Yeah, yeah I got I get your newsletter. Of course, you can sign up for this if you want. Go to his website. It's alanarmitage.net. Uh, and you were talking about the summer flocks, which used to be a real issue with the powdery mildew. And yeah. of course, you did yeah. meet, mention uh, Gina. And then of course, the two selections you mentioned there were Delta Snow. It was one yeah. in Kapow Fuchsia. Yeah. So they're well, out there. Well, the Delta Snow, I don't even know if you can, I don't know if you're carrying it at all. It's an old-fashioned one. And of all the mildewy things that we went through, that was one that never, that, that was really, you know, just did not get it. It's been around, it's been in our garden here for over 20 years. And it, it just, it's a, it's a lovely white with a kind of a pink eye. And uh, but I don't I don't want to press the issue because I'm not sure how available it is 
Maybe you guys can find it. But um, it's a great plan. And this Kapow, it's a new series that just came out two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fuchsia was just a very bright coloring. There's a Kapow pink and a Kapow fuchsia and a Kapow this and that. But they, they, they've just been very, very productive for me. Talk about and, doc- and for what I've seen around. Talking with Dr. Alan Armitage. Again, his website is alanarmitage.net. Be sure and check it out. And of course, you'll find his bookstore on there as well, where he's written about 125 books, uh, mm-hmm. which you can uh, you can uh, buy right online there. We'll talk more about this after the break. Quick break. We come back. We'll talk more with Dr. Alan Armitage here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Hi, it's Gary Selman here. Does your home sidewalk get slippery when wet? Your pool deck peeling? Or is your garage floor grungy? Tackle those unsightly surfaces with Dice Coating's Track Safe Anti Slip Color Coat. Add color and slip resistance over pavers, concrete, pre painted floors, and more. All you have to do is paint. Dice Coating's pre mixed formulas are odorless, easy to apply, and fast drying. Plus, they're designed to resist sun, snow, water, foot, and vehicle traffic. Plan your next project at dicecoatings.com. That's dicecoatings.com. Remodeling your basement into a rec room, office, or home gym? Well, don't forget to ventilate those spaces to protect your home from decay. The Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges trapped, dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. I've had an Easy Breathe in my home for about 10 years now, and the air in our finished basement always feels fresh and clean. So take charge of your indoor air like I did and own an Easy Breathe Ventilation System. Get it installed now or do-it-yourself kits also available. Call 866-822-7328. Visit EasyBreathe.com. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson, Dr. Alan Apple Armitage, our special guest this morning, talking to us this morning from his perennial garden in uh, Georgia. Uh, a little warm down there this morning. Did you say or a little bit cool this morning? Oh, it's wonderful. This is fall. I mean, we're in the 60s this morning. And for us, that's spectacular. We'll be in the 90s for sure next week. But <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, it's true. But no, this is great. We've, we've had a lovely weekend. And, and uh, it's, I'm just walking around my garden right now looking at what's about the flower for fall season. And there's a just a bunch of stuff. And, of course, things that flower in fall, you've just got to put them in in the spring. But, you know, I, there's a ton of plants that are available in the fall from good garden centers that uh, can make your fall garden look so wonderful. And <laughs> I happen to be looking at some. Yeah, and, you know, you get out to the garden centers. I mean, they're all stocked for the uh, fall season. They load back up. You and, bet. of course, one of the great things about, you know, when it comes to planting perennials, and I've always said, you ought to visit your local garden center about every two to three weeks because, you know, what's coming in the flower, you get to see at the garden center. You can see what it looks like. You can see how big it gets. And you can also see how many pollinators are gathered around the flowers uh, and bloom there at the garden center. 
you know, that, 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 that's, a, that's why garden centers are so, so, so spectacular because you can go, you can actually talk to people who know something. <laughs> that, that was a nice thing. Yeah. And you can uh, see the plants either in flower or talk to people who are telling you what's about to happen. And uh, that's what a garden's all about. You know, a garden is, is, is the future. So, you know, if, if it looks green now, it's going to be beautiful soon. So <laughs> that's what we do. Don't you think our perennial gardens, I always say they're always on the move. Because, you know, you oh. get you get things that are getting too big or didn't do so well. You're dividing. You're adding. You're, like you said earlier, I'm going to put something to take care of what died out over there. Perennial gardens are always on the move. Well, I think, you know, Ron, you're right. I think gardens are always on the move. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm looking here at, at Rudbeckias, you know, the, the yellow cone flower, and it's it's coming and it's going and it's in it between. But it still looks pretty, you know, and I, uh, and I, and, you know, I do foodscaping because I have no room at all. I got my spectacular sweet pepper, one plant, <laughs> that's all I can handle, but it's got about 30 peppers on it right now. You know, and as I just walk around, I look at... Oh, look at the, the the toad lilies. I don't know if your group knows about toad lilies, but what a spectacular fall flowering plant that is. That was our plant of the and, week uh, last week. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, isn't it good? It, it, it's, it's easy to grow. It tolerates shade. It flowers late summer, early fall. Ah, just nothing. There's just no reason not to have a good toad lily in your garden. Nope. I, I yeah. love those. And then, I get that orchid-like kind of flower. I, I love the flower, but i got to keep it up front so people can see it. But, you know, you mentioned the pepper. That's a great ornamental plant. We, you know, you, you, it's a, you grow it for the peppers, but on the same token, great-looking plant, nice flowers. And, of course, when you've got the fruit on there, it's an ornamental. It's a nice plant yeah. no matter where you put it. Well, you know, if you think of what a garden's all about, or to make you make you smile, you know, I, I don't really, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do with all these peppers, quite truthfully, but they sure are pretty. Um, and I'm, you know, I give them away to my neighbors, and that's fine. I'll eat a few. I got a tomato or two still, and uh, but you know, they are. I mean, that's what a garden is. You put something in, and you say, well, you know, is that what I want to see? And after a while, <laughs> if you're like. If you're like me or you, Ron, we keep putting things in the garden, and they fight it out. And those that do well, well, there they are. You know, I was doing uh, I, I was good. doing the, uh, the the garden center thing when I was in high school, and when I still lived at home before I went to college, my parents said, "Are you ever going to stop changing our landscape?" <laughs> well, well, what my in-laws said, "Are you sure you want to marry somebody who plays in the dirt?" So, you know, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not very well respected, are we? Well, not only do we play in the dirt, our mind's in the dirt. I mean, uh, you know, so, you know, we talk dirty. <laughs> oh, that's great. And, and again, as I, as I walk around and look at, uh, you know, the Carex, I know that's been a great plant for you mm. guys. And, you know, put it in in the fall. It's just spectacular. Uh, and it's just going to get better. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys can do crepe myrtles very well yep. but, but you know cincinnati i'm sure you can and yep. the, the dwarf crepe, the dwarf crepe myrtles that are now available they only grow three feet tall and they're a beautiful shrub uh so that, that's that's one of the big breakthroughs breakthroughs i think is yeah. this ability to get a plant like crepe myrtle instead of being 30 feet tall it's three feet tall and i'm i'm, I'm quite happy about that oh yeah now in your perennial garden or your your, your garden there do you also incorporate uh containers because that's i do that as well i have containers oh, in there that gosh. i do i do like cannas and annuals but i'll do a few perennials there yeah. too but a lot of annuals and that type of thing and, and i'll tell you one plant that you probably have used forever i don't know tithonia oh yeah 
yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh. The hummingbirds and the butterflies. All over that. It's not a good-looking plant, but the flowers are spectacular. Well, exactly. You know, so you put it in with something else and let it, all that, the knees and the legs and all that be hidden. But the flowers are wonderful. And, boy, you talk about it. Just, you know, like you said, little flying critters all around it. it, it it's It's wonderful. Talking with Doctor, well, I, I think that's a great plant. Oh yeah, talking with Doctor Armitage again. His uh, website is alanarmitage.com. Of course, check out all the great books that are there. You've heard us talk over the years of all of the great books that this man has written. He's writing new books as we speak. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, what's what's the next one coming out? Well, I'm uh, I'm updating and and downsizing, so to speak, uh, my book on specialty cut flowers. Right. Cut flowers are a really big deal these days, not just for gardeners, but also for people who make a living doing it. So I'm uh, <laughs> trying to get that done right now, hopefully coming out late fall, early winter. Listen to those birds in the background. They're excited that you're out there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Blue Jays are squawking and the Cardinals are humming. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> hey, I, were, I, read, I was reading an article the other day. I was writing down different uh, plant apps that are available out there today. To go through, because I have people asking me about it all the time. <clears throat> and the first article I brought up that a gardener had written uh, and had listed her favorite apps. Guess what was at the very top of her list? Yeah, free desk. Armitage's Great <laughs> Garden Plants by Dr. <laughs> Alan Armitage. Well, the good news about that, too, is, you know, I've, I've, the app is really, I mean, I said, I, really, I, I think it's really good because I've looked at a bunch of apps, too. And maybe there's more information than you want, but I doubt it. Because you can, it's it's an app. But uh, having said that, I'm I'm also redoing that. So you know, not that anything's going to change, but I can update it a lot easier as soon as we get this next edition out. But it's still out there, and people are enjoying it, and it's great, it's great fun, and I enjoy showing it off to people because, you know, where do you where in your back pocket can you find plants that deer don't eat? Working in your back pocket, can you find plants for fragrance or? cut flowers or annuals so it's been good it's and people have enjoyed it oh, yeah. thank you oh yeah and again this was a, a fairly famous gardener and have it at the top of the list i thought was outstanding and i wouldn't expect anything less obviously coming from you and it is <laughs> it is a great app i'm familiar with it so it it, it is great and of course all your books are outstanding you can find them all at alanarmides.net and of course the herbaceous perennial plants fourth edition it's the bible folks you want to know about perennials? This is the Bible. Well written. Easy read. Tells you all about it. And of course, right now, our naked ladies are flowering. So I think of your of naked ladies oh, and forget-me-nots for as well. But if you want to check them out, go to his website, alanarmonies.net. Always a pleasure. Thanks for spending time with us this morning. Hey, Ron, as always, and to the audience, thank you for bearing with us. Uh, having a great time. Enjoy. All right. Take care. Have a great fall. We'll talk with you uh, probably a little bit later on. Maybe later in the fall, find out what he's going in his garden at that time. Quick break, we come back. Uh, Jay and Don, you're coming up next. Phone lines are open for you. 800-823-8255. It's all happening here in the garden with Ron Wilson. With your personal yard boy, he's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson.